listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi everyone, it's your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Wednesday, the 26th of May 2021. Later, Commonwealth Bank shares crack $100 per share for the very first time. But first, let's talk dividends in the Australian market because Australian companies are preparing to pay $70 billion in payouts in 2021. That's according to research by global investment company Janice Henderson, which says Australian dividends will increase by 40% in 2021, reaching about 85% of 2019 levels. For more, I spoke earlier with Jane Shoemake. She is the Client Portfolio Manager of Global Equity Income at Janice Henderson in London. Jane, how would you describe the recovery of dividends here in Australia, given payouts were largely paused or pulled back in the previous year because of COVID? I think it's really encouraging for 2021. You know, in Australia, you had a very challenging year last year. Dividends fell by over 40%. But from that new lower level, I think we can expect to see some really decent growth this year. How does it compare with the rest of the world? It's strong compared to the rest of the world, a bit like the UK, Australia, a bit of Europe, where we've seen big falls in dividends, we're now expecting the biggest bounce back. And, and in addition, Australia is benefiting from that commodity support with some of the miners making some big special payments because that's, you know, those strong commodity prices are giving a lot of cash flow to some of those companies and they're returning it to shareholders. I want to go into more detail about that. So you're saying that we'll likely see around $70 billion in dividends in 2021. Where will the bulk of that come from and why? Well, in Australia, you have a huge concentration of your dividend payers and the top 10 account for a very large proportion of the dividends that you're paid by the entire market. And those are concentrated on banks and the miners. So if those miners pay strong dividends, then the overall dividend payments for the market look good, as it is for the financials, which clearly are also an important part of those large payers in Australia. Speaking of the financials, the banks have had to hold back a significant proportion of their dividends over the past few over the past twelve months to shore up their balance sheet. Uh, how do they seem to be recovering? I think what we're going to see is that the banks are going to come back to paying dividends, but at a lower level than pre um, before the pandemic. And that's really because in Australia, there's a strong argument those banks are paying out too much in dividends before the crisis. So they've taken an opportunity to reset. Clearly, the regulator um, and their view will be very important, and they have to constantly balance that with just, you know, the pandemic is ongoing, and they've got to just recognise that they might need to keep a bit back um, to make sure they've got strong enough balance sheets. What I found interesting in the report is that you noted that Australia is a hybrid economy, right, with characteristics of both emerging and developed markets. Can you explain that? And is that a good or a bad thing? Um, it's just the point that clearly with the commodity concentration within the market, that's very, very much related to China and what China needs. So you have some of those characteristics of emerging markets going on. Meanwhile, you know, your banking sector is very, very um, well defined. It's been going on for a long time. It's much more like a, a developed market banking sector, if you like. So I think it's, it's quite nice to have a hybrid of both approaches there within the market. Now, in that, in that context of dividends, right, though, does that mean Australia is perhaps overexposed to China? And, you know, is that a good or a bad thing since we're seeing that the mining companies are driving a, a lot of these dividend payouts? 
I think the thing for Australia is that you just have this concentration issue. And so there are some big influences. So mining and those commodity prices are key for dividends in Australia and then your financials. And those are really the, the important factors that people have to think about. We believe that it's really important for people to be a bit more diversified with their income, because as we saw in the pandemic, as if you see some of those companies cut, you're very exposed to losing a lot of income. So I would highlight the fact that it's important to be um, diversified, and we would suggest people need to have some global income within their portfolios to take advantage of some of those sectors you can't get in Australia, like technology, where we've got some decent dividends and amazing cash flow. Jane Schumacher there from Janice Henderson and the company also adding that BHP is the world's third largest dividend payer, followed by at number five, Fortescue Metals and Swiss healthcare giant Novartis is number one, the world's biggest dividend payer. Okay, to the Australian share market now, which fell 0.3% on the 200 to 7,092.5 points. The miners were the biggest drag. BHP and Rio are now at a six-week low. Uh, E-commerce company, Kogan, was the worst performer, down 5.7%. Lab company, ALS, the best performer, up 13% following its profit numbers. But the big story of the day was the Commonwealth Bank, which broke $100 per share. It reached as high as $100.20 during the session, but eased a bit to be at $99.58 by the close. Still, if you're one of the mum and dad investors who bought into the company when it floated, when it was privatised by the government back in 1991 at $5.40 and held on to it, those shares would have risen by around 1,750%. And that doesn't even take into consideration if you reinvested your dividends. For more on the day's market action, I spoke earlier with Niv Dagan from Peak Asset Management. Niv, share's not really doing much today. Why? Yeah, Ricardo, we've seen um, iron ores fall to about $193. And uh, that's put a bit of pressure on the miners. Uh, and there's a little bit of subdued news coming out of the US in the short term. So we're seeing a, a subdued uh, trading session during the day today. To what extent is that in tra inflation trade that everyone's looking for, to, especially towards the US? What kind of a move is that having in the gold sector? What are you seeing there? Yeah, look, we're seeing some really strong macroeconomic figures. So we saw the New Zealand retail sales better than expected, 2.5%. Also consumer confidence here in Australia better than expected. We saw the non-farm payrolls much better than expected, and that's driving inflation higher. Um, we've seen a weakness in the US dollar overall. Um, so that's put a bit of pressure overall. The miners have taken a, a fair bit of a hit of late. Why so? Look, it's actually surprising, Ricardo. We've seen the price of gold actually uh, up at 19.05 as, as we speak. Uh, and we are seeing some, uh, some upside in some of the gold miners. Having said that, as I said, it's a, it's a matter of uh, the iron ore index, and that's putting a, a bit of pressure. The iron ore price has been a really strong performer of late, and that's been uh, dragging the market uh, lower in the, in the short term. There might be a bit of a party at the Commonwealth Bank today because um, shares did reach $100 uh, per share during the trading session. Um, I think shares came onto the market back in 1991 at about $5.40 and it was one of those that really brought in the interest of a lot of mum and dad shareholders because of the privatisation. So my question though is, you know, the banks really have recovered during the pandemic as their housing market booms, like the Commonwealth Bank shares have, have risen around 80% from those March 2020 lows. Dividends are slowly growing again. What's your take on the sector and where are the challenges? 
Yeah, really good question. I mean, Commonwealth Bank hit 100 over $100 in today's trading session, which has been an absolute bonanza for a lot of your mum and dad investors. Uh, the market cap right now is over $177 billion. And just to put things in perspective, the net profit uh, recorded just two weeks ago was $2.4 billion for the third quarter. Having said that, we are seeing a slowdown in the bad debts, essentially. Uh, net interest margins coming a little bit off the pressure. And we've seen that deferred home loans has been pushed out. So as interest rates we feel are going to start to rise, that might put a little bit of mortgage stress on a lot of the consumers. And uh, we might see that provision of bad for doubtful debts increase. So we are watching that. Uh, but $100, wow, what, what an effort. And uh, what kind of activity are you seeing in the renewable space? Look, lots of exciting activity in the renewable space. Obviously, the federal government is really strongly focused on moving to that zero carbon emissions by 2050. We're backing a company called Countrywide Renewable Hydrogen. They've actually got a partnership with Woodside Energy to develop a H2TAS project. Also, they've just recently signed a deal with Ampol and Caltex and Pacific Hydro, and we'll be listing that company mid this year. So, yeah, we're seeing a lot of activity, Ricardo. More to, more to come. Steve Dagan there from Peak Asset Management. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Business Ricardo. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision.